0: Ooh. I guess the mic works. <clears> hmm. <throat> <laughs> good to see all of you. Good to be here. Sometimes we don't feel so good. And when we feel down, sometimes we humans say some pretty weird stuff. One is the loneliest number. Right. Does that mean the other numbers are less lonely? Why? Can, I mean, four can be just as lonely as one. Can't one join other numbers to make bigger numbers? The math teacher in me just doesn't get it. As long as your neck is in the noose, you might as well jump off the horse. Because when one little thing has gone differently than expected, then the whole world is all wrong and bad all the time for you. Nothing good will ever happen or exist again. You should just give up now because, oh, my Amazon package came. We all have that little three-year-old inside sometimes, don't we? No one knows what it's like to be me. Ever felt that way? Since most people who feel this way seem very free to tell any and every person they find exactly what it does feel like to be them, I think this perspective is largely self-defeating. We don't actually believe these silly sayings. No, we just want an excuse to be upset because our expectations are unmet. and We want a reason for God to have to fix them to be the way we want them. Good luck with that. You want despair? Try and come up with a God better than our Father, because there ain't one. These sayings highlight our universal struggle with loneliness and despair from time to time. They seem to come together, too. We actually put in a great deal of thought and expression. As we grapple with them. Sometimes we look for distractions. When we're lonely. and We can easily be bogged down. By all the bad things we can find. When we are all by ourselves. If you remember COVID. COVID showed us the dangers of isolation. Didn't it? Of staying indoors too long. Of living our lives by the latest media soundbite. Technology. Such as it is perpetuates and enhances our ability to exist apart from others even while it pretends to give us more access to one another it changes our brains we get lost in our screens we get trained to be distracted squirrel we get trained to be distracted rather than focused We can actually feel lost among people, misplaced and forgotten on the road of life, even when surrounded by friends. Sometimes we wonder what's the point of it all and where our lives in particular are headed because it's hard to make out anything meaningful on the horizon. Sound familiar? We all find ourselves here at some point. But this is not the sum total of our existence. The way we feel right now is not the way it's always been, and not the way it will always be. Things are not as they seem in the moment. We have found the answers to every fear, every guilt, every doubt, every despair, every confusion, every anxiety. See if these lines also sound familiar. Psalm 34, 4, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Isaiah 40:31, but those who hope in the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary and shall walk and not faint. 1 Peter 2.24 He himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness. Romans 5.1 Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Again in Romans, I am convinced that nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. John fourteen three, And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, you may also be. Mark 4, 39. In the middle of a storm, when the disciples cried out, Lord, save us. Don't you care that we're about to die? He says, peace. Be still. Who is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Matthew fourteen thirty-one. Immediately when Peter starts to sink while walking on the water, Jesus reaches out his hand and catches him and says, Oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? John 14:26, "But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Acts 111: This Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come in the same way you saw him going into heaven. 1 Thessalonians 4.17 Then we who are alive will be caught up together with those who have died in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. These lines tell us a very different reality than what our feelings, our world, and our enemy would have us believe. We have to remember that there is a war on for our attention and destiny. Squirrel. You ever watch the YouTube videos of the cats chasing a laser light around? We're like the cats, and our entertainment and our media is like the laser light. Follow this story. Oh, no, no, no. Follow this story. Oh, no, no. Follow this. There's nothing wrong with engaging with the medium, but you have to remember, It's not our primary mission. So we struggle with directing our attention. We get distracted by silly, pointless things sometimes. Our minds, like our children, have to be trained. They have to be disciplined and forced into the right habits, or our minds will be useless or worse. They will create problems for us and for others because we haven't learned to lead them. I've learned in my short life that the best way to get your mind off of one thing is to put it squarely on something else. Don't think about pink elephants. <laughs> it just doesn't work. How many pink elephants are you thinking of? You're still thinking about them, aren't you? So in the midst of the unexpected and expected challenges that we face and the feelings of inadequacy and fear and despair and frustration that often go along with them, I've learned that it works best for me to set aside completely what is driving me crazy and to go straight to prayer, straight to God, as soon as something comes up that upsets my apple cart. David did this a lot. When his town and his people had been kidnapped and ransacked, he strengthened himself In the Lord. When he was attacked by friends, he trusted in God. When his child was about to die, he fasted and prayed. Jonathan was much the same. He and his armor-bearer climbed up to an enemy garrison just to see if God would come through when they attacked. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear... What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. So first we pray. Pray when things are hard. Pray when things are good. Sometimes they're both at the same time, aren't they? So first we pray. Pray. And then, after laying it all out before the God who already knows it, and leaving it there, which is harder than it sounds, look for a reason to say or sing something thankful, some kind of praise. I have found that this is a good next step. Sometimes another person will say or do something that just really blesses me in that moment. And I have reason to give thanks and praise. Sometimes I'll see something in creation that's just so beautiful, I just have to stop and drink it in and give thanks and praise. And sometimes I find God speaking to me in his word in a new way, using the <laughs> same words I've read for years. Does that ever happened to you? You're reading through the Bible, and you know you have read the whole Bible more than once, and you find something that makes you go, What? That's in the Bible? I don't remember that. Maybe it didn't mean the same thing the last time you read it. I used to have some difficulty understanding passages where God seems to be expressing two opposite feelings at once, where he loves his children and he wants to destroy them at the same time. Now that I have kids, I start to understand that a little bit. (laughs) I'm sure my parents felt the same way about me. I love you. How could you do that? There's the story of Abraham, called righteous simply because he believed what God told him. And he followed God into a new land just because God said so. He was willing even to sacrifice his son, Isaac, if God required it. Because he knew God, and he knew God would fulfill his covenant, though he didn't know how God was going to do it. And God didn't tell him. But God did lead him faithfully, and he fulfilled his promises, and he answered him when Abraham came with questions. So we lay it out in prayer. We look for something to say thanks for, to give praise for. Sometimes it's music. Music allows me to express several different feelings. Sometimes you feel like expressing something negative, but you don't want to stay there. And the Psalms, or sometimes songs, are good for that, because they can express something negative, but then challenge you to remember the truth in the middle of it. David, or whoever it is, begins with some strong feelings, usually negative ones, but after some ranting, the author reminds himself that God is still God, God is still good, and God is still at work. The author then goes on to give greater details of God's faithfulness, power, mercy, love, etc., and usually ends in awestruck praise to the Lord. It's a good habit to develop. Music that lifts my heart to God in this way is always a blessing. I have to thank Stephen Curtis Chapman, Andrew Peterson, Ellie Holcomb, Glad, Toby Mac, and many others for their contributions to Christian music that have lifted me up and out of the negative feelings and circumstances in my life from time to time. As I join them in praising and thanking God, as I read grace and truth in the scriptures, as I speak to God in his presence, I gain back the balanced perspective I lost when I focused just on the thing I didn't like. So we pray, we give thanks, and praise, we take the next step. Remember Peter walking on the water, big next step. And he was doing fine, wasn't he? Until what? Focused on the wind and the waves. And then he couldn't. He stumbled. When I get back on the rock of truth, it's not an excuse to forget or ignore the negative things, but they have to get in line and shut up in the presence of the Lord God Almighty, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, Jesus the Savior. And he deals with them in his good time. I find my focus on Him rather than on my problems and that changes my perspective completely. Sometimes I even begin to see how God is already making something good out of the bad that jarred me so suddenly. When I pray and praise and give thanks I find myself in awe in humility before the Lord of all the one who cares for me who bore my sins, by whose stripes I'm healed, who orders my steps in my days. And I find peace there. Smack dab in in the middle of having to deal with the hard parts of life. As I wait on him, I find peace and gratitude and a contentment that defies logic. It defies my feelings and circumstances, and it even defies my own understanding. I go to God to change my world and I often find him changing me instead. I really shouldn't be surprised by this, right? I mean, after all these years of God ordering my steps and my days, after the miracles, the open doors, the rescues, the support, the supplied needs, the gifts, the truth, the community of believers here and elsewhere, I really shouldn't be surprised that God is who he says he is. That he does what he says he'll do. And that he's with me as he promised. I wish I could say I was good at this trusting God, praying and delighting to praise him thing. Really, all I'm good at is recognizing that something bad has just happened. And I even missed some of those, right Amy? (laughs) All I know is to go to God in every moment. He does the rest. The boy brought his loaves and fish. 5,000 men plus women and children were fed, and 12 baskets of leftovers were collected. Multiple millions of Israelites brought no farms with them into the wilderness, and God fed them with water, manna, and quail for 40 years. Adam had no references to work from. Noah had no water. Abraham had no son. Moses had no style or confidence. The judges had no official title or ceremony. Samuel, Saul, and David had no credentials. Daniel had no authority. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had no escape. Esther had no invitation. Mary had no proof. And Joseph had no way to know. The disciples had no clue and no church building or model to work from. And none of them had any good reason to believe what they did. And yet, and yet... Maybe you feel like you're missing something. Maybe you don't have this thing that you think you need. Maybe you've never had it or don't think you've ever had it. It's not a problem for God. Telling you right now, you do not need qualifications. When I was in college, I took no math classes. I majored in science. I was that weird kid who liked cutting up human bodies. Yeah, yeah, I'm that weird guy. Love to dissect. Fascinating. No picture in any textbook does credit to the beauty and complexity of the human body. Because, of course, it's something God made. But without having had any math classes, when I went to take my certification tests to become a teacher, I took all the science ones, Just on a whim, took the one on algebra and geometry. And I passed it. I was surprised. I didn't think I remembered that much. 26 years later, I make a living teaching math. Tutoring math. I'm not qualified. It's a lot of fun. fun to have a story like that to get to tell people to say see don't have to worry don't have to to give up just because there's something you don't have or something you haven't done or something that you don't think is good enough It doesn't matter to God In fact, I think God kind of enjoys that. Takes a stuttering, stammering, fearful shepherd and puts him in charge of multiple millions of people to speak to them on a regular basis. Takes a carpenter. Makes him the leader and the guardian of a family with his own son in it. Takes a bunch of smelly fishermen, some accountants, makes them into a church. And that's just what the Bible records. We have in this congregation untold stories from missionaries currently and previously on the field of the same kind of thing people with no qualifications, people with no money, no training, no building. And now there's churches and hospitals and schools and families being fed. And All I know is to go to God and he does what only he can do. I feel like I never say anything new up here. (laughs) But neither did the prophets. It was always the same truth from the same God and it was always necessary, just as it is for us. We need reminders that we need a Savior. Thankfully, we have just the Savior we need, Jesus. We need a comforter. Thankfully, we have just the comforter we need, the Holy Spirit. We need a strong, loving Father. Thankfully, we have just the Father we need, the Lord God Almighty. Alone? Despair? Not possible as we walk with Him. We only get into trouble when we forget that we are walking with Him, with the most important being in the universe with the one who loves us so dearly, he suffered in our place as no one could ever suffer. We walk with the one who is working out his plan and working for our good and never sleeps or gives up. He gave us each other to remind us of who he is and what he's done and to work his good in each other's lives as his body on earth. And also to remind us that we are not alone. Because alone is a lie. Despair is a lie. As Zach Williams has sung, fear is a liar. Truth is, we are never alone. Nothing is ever hopeless. Because God was, God is, and God will forever be the good God we know even if you feel alone. But don't get hooked on that feeling. Alone is a lie. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths.